0: Really, coaching at its essence is about being messy. It's the ultimate, like, you have, well, you don't have to, but if you choose to show up in your messiness, that's where all the magic happens.
1: Welcome back to Showing Up Messy. This is the podcast about the messy parts of the creative process and life and showing up before we feel ready. And this week, I get to talk with Rebecca Nanfria again, just like we did last week. She's the voice you heard at the beginning of this episode, and she's also my life coach. And last week, we did a coaching call together. And this was an interview or a conversation we had right afterwards, um, talking more about her life and her process and journey as both a professional actor as well as a life coach. So there's lots of interesting nuggets in here. And if you've ever thought about either receiving or doing life coaching, um, this might answer some of your questions or maybe it'll answer questions you didn't even know you had. Who knows? Um, But I hope you enjoy it. This is Showing Up Messy with Rebecca Nanfria. I feel like I'm still processing from like okay. our session. Okay. What do we need um, to do? Blah, 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 blah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there's no real, there's, yeah, there's no real need to like even change the tone. I'm just like having, what am I thinking? I don't know. Well, wait, but, but did you,
0: did you like how it went? <laughs> <laughs> um, there were parts of it that I really liked how it went. Um But see, okay, I guess because that's exactly what's going on for me. When I get off a coaching call, I don't really think so much, did I like how it went? You know? Yeah. My thoughts are What do you usually think about? um, I just think like, okay, what were they left with? What came up? You know, what were their aha moments? Um, You know, what shifted for them? What are they going to be thinking about working on this week? Did they get value? Was there forward motion? Did we go from point A to point B? Um, And... Do I feel like I showed up in um, complete service? Did I show up with, like, what do I have to give? Um, Right. And was I present? You know, I'll kind of go over that for myself. Um, But I'm never concerned about whether there was external value, right, because the moment has passed, and I know that there are are moments. And if I I get off a call and I can kind of go, oh, yeah, I felt – three, four, ten, plus moments of like, yes, where I know that other person, something shifted deeply, like the ground moved, mm-hmm. then I'm like, okay, good. And I can let it go. And every once in a while when there isn't that, I'm like, oh, what, you know, what could I have done differently? Um, was I brave enough? Was I bold enough? Was I tuned in enough?
1: Yeah. I love that you say that too, that the moments, if there are, you know, three, four, however many aha moments or just transformative moments, it's like, that's really all that, that matters. Yeah. And the rest of it, it goes away. Like uh, that actually kind of reminds me of something that you helped me come to realize hmm. that I, cause I am somebody who I write down everything. I, I often process my emotions and feelings and everything through writing. Yeah. A- and I, Early on when we worked together, you were like, what would happen if you stopped Hmm. writing? I was like, what? What are you talking about? And I think there was this, (laughs) like, what am I going to do? Like, there was this fear that I would lose my thoughts. They would just disappear. Part of it was like, oh, I don't want this idea to go away, which is true. Like, it's important to write down, like, ideas. I will lose them sometimes. But um, I think I've started trusting myself more that, like, I will know the things to say yeah in a moment like yeah if like that what's important will actually stick we have a built-in rememberer
0: yeah yeah to just trust that whatever needs to be remembered will be remembered
1: yeah whereas I'm like I need to take meticulous notes Mm -hmm. on this life experience I'm having (laughs) otherwise what am I going to get out of it you know right um And I think that's how I used to kind of approach our calls were more, okay, let me get this down. Like, okay, what's going on? What's blah, blah, blah. Instead of, I think now I I still write things down occasionally. Like I wrote down the two challenges you gave me in our coaching call. Yeah. But I'm trusting myself more to even just be in the Mm. moment. Like even just be here. I was like inhibiting myself by, you know, like trying to cling to certain certain aspects of yeah like our conversation
0: yeah rather than be i just now that indigo girls song keeps running through my head the i can't sing so i won't do it but the um uh, it's like don't don't you write it down remember it in your heart don't take a picture remember it in your head or your mind or whatever do you know that song no. Uh, I'll find oh. it. I'll find it because I can't yeah. sing and I can't think of which one it is right now. But I, I remember that so profoundly struck me this <laughs> idea of like, yeah, we're in such a habit of taking photos of our, and this was before, you know, iPhones and stuff that they wrote that, right? But that we take these pictures and then that's what we remember instead of taking the moment to actually remember something in our mind or we write these things down instead of just letting them be and wash over us.
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. Totally. I think that kept me. It was like an anti-intimacy tactic for sure. Or like just a way to not be vulnerable. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Under the guise of being vulnerable too. It's so insidious, right? Because like, oh, no, I'm being so vulnerable. I'm writing everything down. I'm being so present.
1: Yeah. It's like, here, let me go. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go have this transformative notebook moment Um, (laughs) instead of like just a life experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to now, like uh, the shift that needs to happen for me, like I said, would I have to go from, okay, I am not leading you in conversation. There's like a dance here, right? So I'm, I remove my, my coaching hat, my need to be anything but present as a, um, you know, a guest and interview. As a coach. Yeah. I don't need to be a coach. I just need to be somebody who's here and you ask and we talk, Right amazing. Okay.
1: I'm so excited to finally, well, I, and I'm, I'm very excited to get to talk with you about your life because (laughs) part of our coaching relationship is we only really talk about my life. Yes. And I'm curious. I mean, I have so many questions for you and you can actually start, you can start wherever you feel most inspired to start. But like, I am so curious about your path. Like, how did you get to this point in your life where you um, Where you are doing coaching and like, but also, like, what I don't know. What was the
0: journey like what, to get? What's here? my deal? Um, so I, I'm an actor by like that. My degree is in acting. I studied theater in college, and um, then was an actor in Chicago, and then out here in L.A. And um, I guess, but then I took a ton of psych classes in college, and I've always been fascinated with psychology and and just people. And so the thing that I always loved most about acting was ensemble work and that connection and really getting deeply into the other, to the other person. Um, Mm. So um, I studied theater. I moved to Chicago to start a theater company with some people that I graduated with. And pretty quickly, we realized we were not a good fit to continue to work together, like outside of the college environment Mm. in the real world, that we were not um, we just don't really have the same visions. I, I I'm, tend to lean really towards the positive and aspirational stories and joy and all of this. And that just wasn't necessarily the tone of some of the other people. Anyway, um, yeah. not the point. So here I was in Chicago, and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And um, the, from my experience anyway, being... It's trained in theater does not prepare you to be a professional actor, at least not in my program that I was in, in terms of like agents and on camera work and blah, 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 blah. So I was in Chicago sort of floundering and, um, then realized, wait, I have the psychology part that I love. And so I had applied to a drama therapy school in San Francisco and was like, "That's what I'm going to go do. I'm gonna go get this degree in drama therapy, which now I couldn't even really exactly tell you what that is. Um, what that means. But it, it was... <laughs> wait,
1: did you go and get the degree? No, no?
0: I was um oh okay, I, okay. I had been um like whatever the first, accepted into the first layer of it and was going to interview. And then I met this guy named Michael Nanfria, um, doing a student film at Columbia College, a thesis film. A friend of mine had a friend who was at that program. they were like, oh, they need actors for their you know graduate thesis films. You should go audition. So I was like, oh, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. So I went and did that. Um, I had been cast. And then I went to read with this other guy who was maybe going to be cast opposite me, um, who I then ended up marrying two years later. Um, but oh. so we, we were, we were doing this film, but I was going to go off and be in drama therapy school. And, um, he was like, well, you know, you're really good at this acting thing. And I kind of had fallen in love with him by this point. And so I decided to not even go for the interview because it was like, We met and like two weeks later I was like, I'm gonna marry this guy. Um Oh my gosh. Wait,
1: tell me I wanna hear more about that. uh, uh, (laughs) Thank you.
0: Um You met
1: him um so at like like at the audition basically and then you both got cast. We met
0: at the audition and there was this moment we like in it my grandfather had just died and he was my boyfriend comforting me and we had hugged at the end of the scene. And then as the director was giving notes, he had his arm around me and had his hand, like his thumb on my hip and was kind of rubbing his thumb on my hip and I remember looking down and thinking like that should really be bothering me like dude scenes over you know get your hands off me but I was like yeah I like this um yeah, yeah like why am I so comfortable are you my person yeah exactly oh. exactly and then um we shot the film the short film like two weeks later and again there was this moment where um we were sitting on this bed, they were lighting, and he had his hand on my leg and I looked down and I thought, those are the hands that are gonna hold me when I have a baby. And I oh was like, Oh
1: my what? gosh.
0: And here at the time I'm like, I'm twenty-four. I don't I do not want a baby. I do not I mean, this was I was not looking for that in life. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't that one that girl who was like, I just wanna be married and have a baby. I was, you know, wearing Doc Martens and flannel and was, you know, in my rebel crazy this phase anyway um yes and so that happened and you're like where did that yeah thought come yeah, from? yeah yeah it had no mm-hmm. business being there that thought had absolutely no business being in my mind and
1: at this time in your life like how I mean because you're probably you're one of the most intuitive and grounded <laughs> and wise people that I know
0: <laughs> thank you <I'm>
1: like, how <laughs> I'll take it. At, th- at that well you are um <laughs> and like at that point in your life like how would you say you're like I don't know. Your self-awareness was like, where were you looking back? You know, like, did you have the self-trust to be like, well, I was a mess. I'm
0: going, I was an absolute mess at that time. No, I, I, I mean, I, I, the intuitiveness that I have or whatever, obviously I've always had, it's just a part of me, but I was not, Mm -hmm. um, I was not in a good place. I, uh, I, yeah, I didn't know where I wanted to go. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was very unhappy. I lived above a bar where it was depressing. And one day there was a guy with a heroin needle in his leg outside my, oh. my door. And even now, 20 something years later, I'm like, oh, I don't want to say this. What if my parents listen to this webcast, this, this podcast, um, <laughs> Like they'll be freaked out, even though it was 25 years ago. Um, yeah, it. Uh, I. I didn't have a job. I. My one of my my dual aspirations with um, going to drama therapy school was trying to get on the Real World, um, and I had been like accepted to the second. But you wanted. I wanted to be on the Real World. That was like I yeah. thought that would be the coolest thing. It would have been the Real World. I guess San Francisco. It would have been the second. Siri. oh my gosh. whatever um, what
1: would what would your prototype character have been like
0: what would you have been on that show um, at that time at that time I probably would have been um kind of the at least this is what I, how I perceived myself this says this like blatantly honest like came from a really conservative background but now I found the true me um oh good which, so me <laughs> well <laughs> no. um um um, and now it's like, oh, it's I have somewhere I have photos from like all the crazy photos and probably some video somewhere of what I said. It, and it's like, it's like, oh, no, thank goodness that that didn't happen. Um, yes, that's amazing.
1: So you you applied to this program there. Yeah. Thinking, well, this is great. I'll be where they're filming real world and. Oh,
0: were you like? No, I don't think it was even close like, to I don't being even, on the show. Um, I had like gotten accepted to like. Now you you, you sent photos. You sent a now send us a, a video, right? It was like whatever the the different steps of getting to the finalist round. Um, no, and I wasn't thinking like, oh, both of them are in San Francisco. They just both happened to be. I think I was so messed oh, up gotcha. that I was kind of of a split mind. Like I didn't even realize my that they were in the same place or that they somehow related I was just oh they were just yeah I was just throwing stuff against the wall trying to find what could stick in my life basically yeah you know um
1: which is yeah totally I you know I and I was 24
0: yeah so yeah but um so I met Michael and then I he was like you know you're really good and he's he's an actor also so I was like oh, okay and so um started sort of more seriously pursuing theater and whatever TV film and commercial work was in Chicago. And, um, but still always sort of this pull in the back of my mind, like, oh, but I'm going to go, I'll be a therapist someday. I'll probably go back to school and be a therapist. And like, I took classes to finish the undergraduate classes that I would need to apply to, to a grad school. Um, I always thought, well, maybe I'll become a marriage family therapist when this acting thing doesn't work out. That was kind of my my mindset. Um, so you
1: kind of had like a little out in your, yeah. like, okay, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it, there's going to be an expiration date. Yeah.
0: In fact, and this, this is, I hate this. I hate that this was my mindset. It wasn't even like, I guess, an if this doesn't work out, it was like, this is not going to be my life. You know, let's be realistic here. Um, so it wasn't so much as an out as this is what I will do later. Mm, got it. Um, because I just I didn't have um, the confidence. I didn't have the tenacity um, to have the mindset of like, I'm going to make this happen. Right. So you were
1: like, in your mind, at one point, it would be
0: like, okay, well, I'm going to be done trying now. Ex- and exactly. It's just not, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um, and even while I was taking those classes, I, I was like, I'm just going to quit. And Michael was like, well, just leave your headshots at your agent. You never know what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, um, I just started booking a ton of stuff in Chicago. Um, just like all the TV film stuff that was coming in, I did. And I, um, you know, kind of became this like, oh, a well, one to watch in Chicago. And, you know, it was sort of overwhelming and shocking. Um, yeah. Because also, backstory, and I say this, I guess, in the, the messiness. So in my high school, I had been like drill team and student council and you know the theater kids were the weirdos but then I tried out for a chorus line and I made it and then Cassie failed a bunch of classes and so then I became the lead in chorus line because the girl who had gotten the lead had to drop out because she you know Ooh. and it sort of, yeah. And then I became really into that but then I went away to school I went to Southern Methodist University which I didn't know at the time had an amazing theater department and I went away to school as a um, business communications major. I didn't know what I was going to do. Meet a rich guy and get married, probably. Um, right. That was (laughs) probably, that was probably the plan. Um, and then I took an acting class there just for fun. And one of the TAs was like, have you ever thought about doing this? And I was like, uh, yeah, but no, you know, you don't do this with your life. Um, and then I decided to... And where did, th- where did that voice oh, come absolutely. from? Oh, absolutely. Like, okay, now I get to ask you oh, all the yeah, yeah. Absolutely, questions. absolutely. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Absolutely, just um, my upbringing. Just, you know, it wasn't practical. I grew up in a very, mm. f- you know, it wouldn't be a practical thing to do. Um, and so... So your yeah
1: early years of pursuing it weren't just... Was it... Did it feel rebellious that you majored in theater um, and that you... For sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah absolutely um and uh and so there was probably part of that that got in my way of taking it seriously as as something I could legitimately, mm. you know, be really successful at. Right? Cuz this is just right. an act of rebellion, not a not a gift or a talent or a a, a noble pursuit of any sort.
1: Right. i had never thought
0: that until this very moment, Katie. Really? Yeah.
1: Huh. thank you. <laughs> the tables have
0: turned. Oh, they have indeed. Um, no. Did, wait, so did that shift for you um, at a certain point? Well, yeah, it shifted when I started booking things and making money mm. and getting the approval, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so the reason I went back to this story with SMU and with my college is that so I auditioned to get into the department um, and I got in. Uh, as a sophomore, which was an unusual, they didn't do that a lot. Usually you'd have to be a freshman because SMU goes all over the country and auditions people. In fact, I refused to audition at SMU because I didn't want anyone to know because I knew a lot of the theater students. I auditioned back in Florida in Miami where I grew up um, so that no one would know because I was afraid to even walk across the quad to the arts building, have someone be like, what are you doing here? Auditioning and then not get in and be mocked or, you know made fun of uh, on some level. Oh, wow. Um, But then I got into the department there. It's highly competitive. And my confidence was so low that I really um, I kept myself small there. Like um, Mm -hmm. I had friends who could really, really sing and I couldn't really sing. And so I was like, oh, so I'm not musical theater. I can't do that, even though in high school I had done all kinds of musical theater. And then I had some really super funny friends who were like, well, those are the funny improv people. Um, and I, at that point had not found the courage to really get in touch with, um, my biggest gift as an actor, I think is I'm, my emotions are incredibly accessible. Um, and, mm. and I'm able to be just present immediately. It doesn't take a lot of work for me to pick up a script Figure out what's going on, and then just be there and be present. Um, wow! Yeah. I'm not real methody, you know. Um, it doesn't take a lot of that. The thing that that really works for me is that. And so part of it too is that that made TV and film more my medium than being on stage. Um, I was never loud enough on stage. I was never big enough on stage. Um, and of mm-hmm. course, in college, I wasn't on a cam- I wasn't getting on camera. There just wasn't that opportunity at the time where I was at that era. Um, So I didn't know. And then when I got to Chicago and then did these student films and people like, oh, my gosh, we love, you know, like all of a sudden I got all this approval and all of this affirmation that I had something and that I was good at this. Um, And then the more I started to get, you know, booked on real stuff, whether commercials or industrials or, you know, TV and film stuff, um it then it really became fun because like you mm-hmm. I have that thing of like I was always a great student always super involved in all kinds of things and doing things right and being a leader and everybody you know I was Becky Smith and and felt like I had to set an example and have it all together all the time um so when that went away in college and just after college, I was floundering. And then when I started to get the approval again and the affirmations, it was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can do this. Like, this is, right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then it became, and it became fun for you. Like, you you were drawn to it, mm-hmm. it seems like, from when you were in high school to when you were, yeah. but it was.
0: Yeah. Well, really since I was a child, I mean, there's thousands of not thousands, but so many photos of me like standing on the coffee table, singing, you know, always attention, attention show. I was always like that even from very little. Yes. So, um, did you, what did you want to be when you grew up when you were little? Um, well, when I was really little, I one time said I wanted to be a teacher in the morning and a nurse at night. So, (laughs) so that's very telling, right. Um, in that, In that I do love to teach and I love to care for people, you know, and and that definitely is the coach part of me. Um, But then Mm -hmm. absolutely all along, I would have said, oh, to be an actress, you know. Um, Was it like a dream that you had that you didn't
1: even really want to say was it? was something you wanted to be
0: well it felt like just that like a dream right like I would play I remember my friend Colleen and my other friend Becky we would you know pretend things at 10 11 12 and we were always like models or actresses or singers in New York that's what we you know like those were our make-believe characters that you know um you know that was what was what was always the fantasy. But again, it was never like a, oh, what might I do? Oh, I might grow up and be an actor because that just wasn't, it wasn't the land I came from, you know? Right. Um,
1: and did you know what
0: an actor was when you were younger? Um, no, I don't think I knew what an actor really was until I became an actor like professionally. Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I find that like I didn't I I wanted to be an actor, but I, I assumed I couldn't be because I thought you had to be famous to be an actor. Oh. <laughs> and then like that was I think it was like this weird uh, like additional level. I don't know. I mean, because I had a similar like I kind of assumed I'd become a teacher, um, but I wanted to be an actor. And I told my parents that. Or, yeah, like when I basically told my parents, like, yeah, I want to be um, an actress. And they were like, you, they're going to make you take off your clothes, Katie. Oh, like, yeah. don't sign anything. Don't let them, don't do nudity. Yeah. Um, You know, they might ask you to lose weight. You should never change your body, never dibble. And it's like, oh, my
0: God, all this fear yes. was like. <laughs> yes, Absolutely.
1: And so that's what I thought being an actor was, was like, oh, yeah, you're going to get cast, cast in a movie and they're going to ask you to to take off your clothes and (laughs) you have to say no. Um, but, but yeah, so, so you becoming an actor was when you were in Chicago. Is that what you felt the most connected, um, to,
0: yeah, well, I was working and I was being paid, you know, and eventually wasn't a waitress anymore. Um, and so that was amazing and fantastic. And I was still always in complete panic mode about it. Um, mm. That it, you know, the uncertainty of it and the, it could go away at any time and you never know what's gonna happen. Um, um, someone just rang my doorbell and my dog's freaking out. Sorry about that. Oh, that is um <laughs> Yeah. So what did you say? What did you ask me? <laughs> You were well. No, you were saying you
1: were just saying that you felt like an actor in Chicago, and because you, you were getting paid, right?
0: And – yes, yes, and and I I could, but and you were also in panic mode about it constantly. Oh yeah, like just that it would go away, you know. And, um, mm. uh, you know, I was twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine years old when all of this great work was happening in, for me in Chicago. But I was like, oh, I'm so old. It's over. It's over. I'm so old. You know it's you know um that that fear obviously you were not old no Yes, and it was like (laughs) i looked super young i mean i just i i looked even younger um so
1: yes you still look
0: very young well thank you very much um so i um let's see i that was happening there and what where do you want to go from there What's your relationship to acting now? Are you, you're still acting. Um, yeah. I, mo- well, so moved to LA and then through the course, I ended up, I ended up doing a ton of commercials and I became a commercial actor primarily, um, which was the best. Cause I also have two kids. It was the best mom job in the world because I, as I often had said, I'm, i was a stay at home actor because I got to be with my kids and then still get to go on auditions and still work and all fantastic. um, but I think this this place of feeling like needing something, because I think where you're going is saying, how did the coaching come up, right? Isn't that, that's the question? Yeah, yeah, Um I need something that felt really more purposeful to me. Um, mm. Because what I realized too is that as much as I loved acting and, and feel like I'm very good at it, it just, it didn't, it wasn't the thing that that created mm. the sense of like, Meaning, meaningfulness in work, if that makes sense. Um, yes. And, and also I knew, you know, as I was getting older, I was like, oh, well, you know, there's less and less work for any actor, but certainly blue collar, non-famous actors who are in, you know, hitting 40, 45. Um, and so I was like, well, what else could I do? And so I hired a coach myself because I was like, oh, maybe wow. somebody can help me. Um, so. so I hired my coach, Libby, who's amazing. And through the course of it, I was like, oh, wait, this coaching thing is a thing. I could be, co- well, this is like psychology and therapy, but better. Because yeah. by this point, better for me. I mean, I think therapy's awesome and great. And I totally wholeheartedly supported it. No negativity at all. But for me, when I started, as I got older, to think about becoming a therapist, I was like, I, I don't want to live in a place of people's problems. I don't want to live in a place of tangled emotion and pain with people Mm -hmm. um, because I'm incredibly emotionally vulnerable and connected to people. And I didn't feel like I would be able to survive that. Um, Working with people who are in deep pain, that I just didn't have it in me, that I would break, basically. Um, Like, I don't watch sad movies very often or sad shows or scary things because they just it gets to me. And then I'm not showing up as my best self in life. And so that's just who I am and how I'm wired. And so then when this coaching thing came up, I was like, wait, it's it's about just moving forward and people are great just the way they are and they just want to grow. And, you know, it's sort of everything about who I am, all of the acting, all the improv training, all of the rejection from being an actor, all of the um, just the fear of it and the risk of it and um, connecting with people and having been trained to be vulnerable um, just made sense. It came came all together in this package um, along with this deep desire to be of service to people. And so that was like five years ago That I hired Libby and then in that fall I trained as a coach and um yeah that's that's how I got here (laughs) wow um that's and I still go on auditions and and that's that and here and there but this this is really I feel like I've come to realize like this is why I'm here this is my purpose wow
1: so the the meaning that you find like yeah, the commercials are great and whatever, but yeah. you're no longer looking to acting to give you that sense of of purpose. Right, right.
0: Mm. Uh, That's and and yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh no, were you gonna say something well, I was, about? I was thinking yesterday, like last night, about getting on the phone today, and I thought it's so yeah, it's interesting because I I was like, well, how does what I do relate to this like the showing up messy and I feel like in coaching I there's no fear in being messy for me um Mm. at all and I I part of that is that the attention is always on the other person it's always for the other person and in service of the other person um and so anything I say or do or ask, it's there's nothing to be afraid of, and it's okay if it's weird or off, um, because we can speak to that. And I go just, you know, I, I'm like, you know, I say all the time, I'm happy to be wrong, or yeah. this is what I'm thinking, I'm gonna throw it out, and we'll just go from there. There's so much freedom um, to be so so messy in it that I don't know that I have felt in any other area before of my life. That's so interesting. I, you know, hearing you say
1: that, it's actually the way that you, that you and I work in our coaching relationship has taught me a lot about how to do that in in my life. Oh, sweet. Just having you model that, like the way that it's almost like, cause I think that's where most of my anxiety comes from. Like we were, just talking about on our last episode, yeah, um, where I <laughs> cried a bunch. Was um, <laughs> if you haven't listened to that, go check it out. Um, but that, like this, this feeling of anxiety that I get when there's something that needs to be said that isn't said, like you know, so I get anxious um, about like confrontation or just saying how I'm honestly feeling in a moment. Yeah, and so I always really appreciate the way that you're like something feels wrong or like there's an energy shift that I'm not aware of. Like did some, something just happen yeah. or, you know, like the, the way that you boldly and unapologetically question or clarify mm. when you're unsure yeah, has been Thanks. so helpful. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, remember when we first, we first started working together and I was like, there was like a moment where I was like wait Rebecca I'm like I'm treating you I'm talking to you like you're like my mom or like you're some authority figure and not like a partner yeah and there was this shift that happened and I was like oh yeah like how many of my relationships in my life are do I have this like unspoken I want to impress you Mm. kind of um right energy there that I'm not even aware of and
0: it it it's so the false, I mean, it comes from a, a good, a good place, right? A desire. Yeah. To, but it, there's so much falseness in it that you can't get anywhere. No, not at all. Well, And it's
1: like, it's funny to, you know, like that's, that's the biggest thing that I've had to work on is just like realizing like that that's not Um, yeah, like that's not the real me, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not, and I don't need to be like beat myself up about it, but like, cause you know, we all kind of fall into, I want to be right, but it's like, it's just not as fun. It's not as like, uh, there's so much freedom in just being like, oh yeah, this is, um, like, I don't know. It's, 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 it's like, so it's so not conscious for me, um, I don't know exactly how to describe it, but I've become more conscious of it. Yeah, And so I think that that's, like, that's been helpful. Awesome. (laughs) That just makes me so happy. But, like, yeah, it's so cool. And, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think that that's probably the area that I've benefited from the most is actually, Mm. like... It's yeah, like I mean to be honest, like okay, when we last talked, we talked about I've like casually mentioned that I'd written a pilot last year and you were like, "Okay, I think there's a lot of things that I just don't know yeah. <laughs> that you've done or that you do yeah. or like whatever." And like like there are. There is. Like I I don't know, like it's just like since I moved to New York, I've done a ton of things. Like I'm I'm good at doing things. I really am. Yeah. Like I can I like I pr- I wrote and pr- or co-wrote and and co-produced and acted in this like 18 episode web series. Yeah. It was my first time doing any of that and I did it within like the first 6 months of living in New York. And like I like that was it was great. I moved here with a very yes mentality mm-hmm. and like I did so much stuff. But I think the reason why I wanted to start coaching or with you mm-hmm. was I didn't feel rooted in my life like yeah. I didn't feel I was very yes but I yeah it was and it, it was totally about I want to have like I want to just know what I want to do. Like I know I can do a lot of different things mm-hmm. and will probably be good at a lot of them. Yeah. But like yeah,
0: you just have that in y- you.
1: Or. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So it's 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 just interesting, though, <laughs> like the way it's like I feel like I've had all these like very ethereal goals and then I judge myself for them. But I'm like, no, I can do things like the doing things isn't as much of a an issue as like trusting myself, you know, yeah, absolutely. I feel like my coaching goals are weird.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, because they're not like I have people who it's much more concrete stuff that people want. Yeah. Right. Um, were there like, yeah, although not always like I have one client who he came to me and was like, I just, I want to be more focused and invested in my life and disciplined. Um, Mm. so it was a very vague thing, right? He didn't know exactly what he meant, but now he's like, he's out of debt and has bought a motorcycle and gone skydiving and started golfing competitively and, is taking acting classes and is in this great relationship now. Um, He quit smoking pot. I mean, it's like all of these things that just, he figured out what that meant to him and is still, and is is still figuring out, right. What do I want to be invested in? And then having the faith in himself and the discipline in himself to see it through. Wow. Um, That's so cool. So I guess I guess you're not that different. A lot of people do come. And somebody who's like... A lot of people... Yeah, with, I want to be more bold and ch- challenge myself more, you know? And then that person um, has, you know, be... Uh, well, we know this... We both know this person. Um, <laughs> you know, she just directed... <laughs> Can her, we she just her? directed and yes. produced her first independent film. That's pretty, yes. pretty bold. And, and amazing and challenging. And you know, so people don't always know, I guess, why they come to me, you know, what they want. Uh They just know like, I'm stuck or I got this thing I want that I don't quite know what I want. And right now in this moment of having this conversation with you, I realized that, um, because partly when you said, you know, when I asked you about you, I was like, yeah, but I'm not talking about showing up messy and creatively and I'm not writing anything or I'm not, it's not about a a movie I'm in or whatever. Right. But that really coaching at its essence is about being messy. (laughs) It is. Oh my gosh. And and it is, it's the ultimate, like you have, well, you don't have to, but if you choose to show up in your messiness, that's where all the magic happens. You know, I will say that I, as a coach, I'm going to ask you things nobody else will ask you. And I'm going to listen to mm-hmm. you in a way that you're not used to being listened to, right? Because when even our best friends listen to us, there's, there's some kind of obligation, right? They have an obligation to say the right thing or be supportive, or they're waiting for their turn to talk about what's going on for them, which is what we do, right, with our friends. But that I can, right. I can listen in a totally um, loving and supportive, but detached way. And yes. and hear you differently because I have no investment except the ultimate investment for you to be successful, right? In whatever it is you're going after, um, so you're going to get listened to in a way that can be uncomfortable. I think at least I felt like that with my coach, and still do sometimes. Um, and then I'm going to say things that other people wouldn't dare to say to you, and that's messy, right? Oh yeah. because then you got to step oh, yeah. up and be like wow that's really true or no that's not true at all you can't say that right and some mm-hmm. sometimes that's what it is and then it is it's just messy messy let's get in the mud and play around and then see what we discover
1: oh totally yeah it's it's totally like the the only way out is through and mm. you go through yeah Whatever it is. Yeah. But it's fun too. Yeah. I don't know. Oh my God. Yeah. No, no, it's not not fun. It's like, no, but it's like you and I mean, I, that's just like, that's such an interesting way to think about it. Like you as the coach, like you have to show up yeah, as your, I mean, and you, although you're not, um, you put all your energy on the other person, but you are like a hundred percent present and there. And like the way that you like that you listen and ask questions is definitely the most, I mean, yeah, it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> it's like you, but, um, it's great. Like whenever I get off the phone with you, I always just feel like, I mean today, like I literally did cry on the phone with you, but you know, like that feeling when you like need, it, it usually feels like I've just cried, even if I haven't, mm. you know, where it's I feel more, like, I feel more physically present in my body and in my life after we talk. Wow. And oh, I love that. Yeah, it's, it's so, it's so grounding for me. Hmm. Um, That's fantastic. Because, you know, we can... It's, it's hard, it's hard to get there in a way that it's, it's it's hard to get there on your own. Probably it's possible, you know, yeah. to be like, okay, I'm going to be really intentional. And it's probably like meditation in some ways, mm-hmm. you know, when you really connect with the present moment. But I think it, it's almost like this lightning speed way to be, okay, let's just get really honest and get to what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yeah. I often don't know where we're going to go in the conversation. I never know where we're going to go. Oh, yeah. Well, you, yeah. (laughs) I know. How crazy is that? Like, that's, I mean, like, and as somebody who is a planner, like, did that, was that something you had to get over? Like,
0: oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. What was
1: that like?
0: (laughs) Well, that was, that was in, in training when we would do these, like, Coaching, you know, Sam, Matt mock sessions with each other. Always, it was like I'd want to either jump in and say, um, "Oh, here's what you should do. Um, I've got I've got all the answers <laughs> right. for you," or I would want to jump in and say, "Oh, you know what? That happened to me. Here's you know, this is just like this thing in my life," or to be like, "Okay, I see where this is going. Let me let me guide this. Let me make assumptions, right?" Um, so right. that was really. Those things were the things that were the the biggest things for me to learn to break, um, and I, I literally—I mean, I do I have to keep in check. Like when I ask a question, I I will consciously clear my mind because there still is my immediate thought, like, "Oh, this is what they're going to say," if I'm being completely honest, because that mm-hmm. that's what happens. I have a preconceived idea of what what the response is going to be that I have to like, I do this thing where I like swipe. I I call it a brain swipe. You know, when like Iron Man, like has all of his screens up and he like is swinging his arms around, moving things out of the way in the Iron Man movie. I literally do that with my brain as like information comes up. I will like swipe my arm down and (laughs) move it to the side. You do it like with your physical arm in front of your screen. Yes. Amazing. (laughs) Um, To be like, nope, move that out of the way move that out of the way let's see what actually comes up um but it's so it's so thrilling right and then that's where like the you know years of improv training or being an actor right and just responding to what you're given where those things in my creative past totally work here you know right oh um, yeah. just to go i'm going to be emotionally present to whatever you want to give me and then i'm going to ask you for more yeah Right, Because I just believe we all want to be challenged. We all want to be asked for more.
1: Oh, yeah. That's so true. I mean, like, that's, I mean, how how has coaching, do you feel like coaching has changed your relationships in your your life? Like, since you've become a coach, do you find? Yeah,
0: I would say most profoundly um, as a mom, Mm. Yeah. Um, I have two boys who are 11 and almost 15 um, and the letting them be them, their own people that I, I like, you know, like the same I would with a client. I can't tell you what's best for you. I can't tell you this is how you have to do this thing because this is what will work. You know, even if you come to me with a problem, yeah. my solution is probably not going to be your solution. And so being able to really see them as complete separate individuals who have their own wiring, you know, and recognizing that and giving them that space. I, I And they're both so independent and know themselves so well. And I think it's largely why, you know, Wow. because as a mom well mm-hmm. and also I mean my husband's really good at doing that always has been really good at doing that with them so partly mm-hmm. he he modeled that um, but I know my tendency would have been to be much more smothering and much more let me fix it and much more know it needs to be done this way because this way is better because I had a lot of wow. that programming in my mind this is the best way to do this this is the better way to do this thing Right. you know Um, like my younger son is messy. He loves his desk a mess. And, you know, I, like one time I think I, he must've been like nine. And I was like, you should really pack your backpack at night for school because it will help you because everything's messy and you'll know. And, um, he's like, no, 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 no. And then finally he did it a few times and that week he forgot stuff. And then he was like, mom, this doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for me to do it the Mm. night before. And you know what? When he did it his way, he never forgot things. Wow. You know? So I don't know. I don't yeah. know if that's a good example or oh, not. But no, that is, it, it is a good example.
1: I mean, it's just like it's something as simple as that being like, and for you to just be like, okay, yeah, you're right. You know how you're how to do it for you. Yeah. Like that's like, I mean, I don't know. I just think about how much, resentment you're saving yourself I mean like <laughs> yeah. like in some it's like I I feel like that's just what happens with any sort of close relationship where you're like I know how to do this better yeah. and like to actually believe like you're and and I don't know and it seems like with coaching you have to really intentionally change your programming yeah
0: like yeah it's Yeah. The other thing is it help it has helped me profoundly recognize how we are are all wired very differently and that none of it's better or worse. Um, the, the things that, that drive us, the things that we love. Um, and once I realized that it took away, it's like, um, like I'm, I'm very. I like to be around a lot of people. Very social connection is a big thing for me, um, and my husband is much more like could live in a cave and be really happy. Um, and mm-hmm. I spent years either judging him, like what's wrong with you that you don't want to be around people, or judging myself that I needed it just depending on who who mm-hmm. I felt like beating up that day, you know, um, until I yeah. realized like, oh, no, we just have different values. Because, you know, we did values exercise, right? Um, and right. just realizing like... No, actually, we did not. We not? That's usually like... No, an- we
1: haven't done it. Okay.
0: Put that on your notes because we must do that. Okay. I can't believe we've missed... Usually I do that early on with people, but we may...
1: I don't even have my values. Oh, God. Oh, how have you lived <laughs> without
0: your values, Katie? We'll totally do that next time. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, it has profoundly shifted relationships and, and, and just how I show up with anybody. Um, it's definitely made me far less judgmental of myself and other people and um, less pre planning. Like that, I, you know, you brought that up earlier and that's a huge thing where I used to really plan.
1: Yeah, and it's like just kind of trusting. I mean, it's, it's trusting yourself to know the right things to say and also to be, yeah, like that's, you're able to hold space for other people mm-hmm. and for whoever they are. Right. Instead of just. Right.
0: Right, what you think they should be or, or whatever. That's so. Well, what's comfortable yeah. for me. Right? Because that, that's a lot of the times mm-hmm. why we do that, especially the people close to us, right? Is it's like, no, no, I need to make this manageable and comfortable for me. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. Like that's, and that's where all of our judgment comes yeah, from, too. For sure. It's like our own, um, yeah, or like, and, and, and it does come from like judging ourselves or holding ourselves to a certain standard. And, like, I think when I realize, like, oh, yeah, if I hold myself to some sort of, like, impossibly high standard, I'm implicitly judging everybody oh. else in my life for not being there, too. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: But um, that's just such a beautiful, that's such a beautiful way to parent, too. You know, I mean, I think, like, it's, there's always, you know, it's, there's. Like whatever whatever your parents do mm-hmm. is gonna like influence you. Well, okay. Another thing that came up for me when I when you were just talking about this is like something that really helped me um, feel less comparing, like stop comparing yeah. comparing myself to other people as much. Is this realization that or. One of my friends pointed out to me, like, we're all here learning different things. Like, this is not school. We're not all studying yeah. for the same test. Like, we yeah. were all put on this earth to learn different lessons, to be like different. Just, yeah, not only do we operate in different ways, but we're actually like, we were given the parents we had so that we could learn the things we needed to learn. Like, meaning, Yeah. Okay. For me. Yeah. My parents were not like super gung ho about like, yeah, go be an actor. They were like, get a backup plan. So I did. But like, you know, I think that's probably the reason why I'm so fascinated by like, oh, let's get to the core of like who I really am and blah, blah, blah. And like, and that's probably what's motivated me to create this podcast. And you know, it's my favorite thing to talk about with people. Yeah. And it's just, it happens to be the lesson that I'm learning and it might not be the lesson that, you needed to learn or someone else needed to learn because they already knew that, but they are learning different things.
0: Yeah. It's it's just, it's all the process. And if we can be in the process and play and experiment, you know, I'll always say, well, let's just, let's, let's make this an experiment for a week or two. Let's try this. You can always pick this thing back up or put this thing back down. Right. Um, Mm, that if you see it as this journey, as this process of, you know, finding clarity about what matters to you getting clear on your your goals and your aspirations and and then activating them and then they're going to change too right you, you hope you keep growing yes, and changing yes
1: yeah oh katie oh, it's,
0: this has been so lovely thanks for doing this i i'm like can we do like 12 for more can we just keep talking together we have so many topics oh, yeah. <laughs> let's just
1: record all of our coaching calls from now on and just have a follow-up our chat I love it Katie um thank you thank you oh my goodness so much and also I realized as you were telling me about um meeting Michael that I've been mispronouncing Nanfria so let me just say thank you Rebecca wait is am I saying it right now Nanfria yeah how did you say you've always said right
0: no, I said Nanfria. Oh, yeah, that's fine. It's it's Sicilian and so it's actually it's actually <laughs> technically like Nanfria or I don't know, Nanfria, however you say it. <laughs> it's it's all good. Nanfria?
1: <laughs> okay, great. Well, I just remember
0: that. As I was going to say, thank You're you Rebecca. Adorable. <laughs> thank you Katie. I love it. Be well. Be good to you. Bye.